and good morning. Welcome. Good to have you here at our Sunday gathering. My name is Glenn and I've got the privilege of bringing you hopefully some really good takeouts this morning. Uh, when we had a bit of a ring around on Friday like Lawrence's crook, who's got something tucked away and the, all the top people went, not me, not me, not me. And God said, yes you do. I wasn't in the top group, I was the next lay down. And God said, Yes, you do, which I went, okay, before I had time to think about it. And sometimes with God, we've got to go, let's do it, because otherwise I might stay on the other side of the riverbank. And God just dropped into my heart the goodness of God. Thanks to Dante there from uh, Bethel. You know, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. For the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. So the goodness of God, that's that's our... Those that like structure, that's our uh, you know, first slide. Uh, that isn't a slide yet, Dave. And I, I've actually tried to throw some slides in today because Lawrence always makes it look easy. So uh, I'm hoping for a little bit of slack from you guys if Dave's like, what number are we up to? So the goodness of God. You know, let's pause and take a moment. What does the goodness of God mean to you? What, is the, what does it actually mean? We sing it, we think about it, we know the words, the goodness of God. What does that mean to you? That's a rhetorical question. What's in your head right now? We've got a slide. Here we go. See how we're doing. Slide one. No, that's the that's the very last one. See, <laughs> it's the one, first one of five. There, thank you, David. You're a good man. So the goodness of God is one of the attributes of God, as well as a description of his actual his essence. Right. God by nature is inherently good. In fact, it was was written in Psalms 34. Why don't you taste and see that the Lord is good? And blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And I thought about that. And I thought, for somebody who doesn't know God, doesn't want to know God, used to know God, and they're upset with God, you can fill in your own sentence. It's a really simple invitation. And I thought of it like a buffet in a restaurant. Oh, I don't know about those slimy muscles at the end, but I do know about the pork belly. (laughs) Taste. Come on, try me out. Try me out. Taste and see that I am good. And the, the second part of the scripture I really liked was, and blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So I just, I just have to taste. And because I'm going to take refuge in him, I am blessed. It's an incredible transaction that happens without me doing a lot. I just had to step out there. Taste and see, the Lord is good. You know, he's the foundation of goodness and of everything good. God didn't get it from another source. This is kind of mind-blowing stuff, you know. God didn't get it from another source. People can have good traits, I wrote down. People can have good traits and do good deeds. But goodness is not our natural natural character. Our goodness actually comes from God. 
What about a second slide, Dave? So let's see what the goodness of God actually does. You know, it's evident in creation. It's evident in God's accomplishments. You know, it was recorded in Genesis that God saw all that he made. It was very, very good. What a wonderful scripture. You know, we can't earn his goodness. We don't certainly merit his goodness, particularly I think on Friday. Is my wife here? Yeah, my wife's down the back. You know, I think I came home grumpy. <laughs> I know I'm the only one that comes home grumpy on a Friday. My job, I'm a financial advisor, and all day I talk to people about finance and come up with solutions, and they get grumpy. And you're not supposed to bring it home. So I think I was slightly grumpy on Friday, but I know you guys don't ever do that. But, you know, we cannot earn, and I do not merit, I do not merit as goodness. However, it's available to each and every one of us, regardless of our station in life. Even though I'm really not worthy of it. God saw all that he made. He made you. He made me. And it was good. Thanks, David. You know, recorded in Matthew, I like this, particularly like this one also. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And I had to think about that. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And then I thought, if I was God, now maybe I'm the only one that's ever done this, but if I was God, man, that guy who cut me off in the traffic, took my park, man, he needs dealing to, I would probably be not very good at the job. Okay? He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, all of mankind. All of mankind. God causes his sun to rise on all of mankind. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Man, how good is that? Because, of course, I'm righteous in Christ. But, you know, hmm. What's the next slide, Dave? And the Lord is good to all. And he has, made, has compassion on all. You hear the theme here, all unrighteous, the unwashed, the whatever, it's for all. You know, God's goodness, God's goodness is it's personal. It gives us the perfect model of goodness. God's goodness gives us the perfect model of goodness. By knowing God, and learning about his goodness, we come to recognize true goodness and strive to do good things. So by knowing God and learning about his goodness, we become to recognize true goodness and strive to do good things. Now, I thought about that too, because striving is a bit of a catch word, right? Bless you, Tony. You know, how many merits have I got stuck on the fridge? Is my card filled in with enough gold stars? Have I done enough? Thank yous. Did I, right? You know where I'm going? Should I, could I, gosh, I can't believe I thought, whatever. Striving slips so easily into our way of living. 
the psalmist say, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. So, what you know, for those of you like decrees, old-fashioned word, teach me your commands. So I thought about that. And I thought, I want to have more of God in my life doing good stuff, right? Why wouldn't you? Does anybody here not want God doing more good stuff in their life? I want, I need, I desire. I don't earn it, but I'm righteous in Jesus. And because of that, I thought, what's my interaction here? Because we can, particularly I think in modern day church, we can love the worship songs, do this and this, but sometimes we don't put a lot of work in. And I'm not talking about works. But I have to put something in. You know, parents parents here, grandparents here, you love your kids, as we had that beautiful word before about breastfeeding. You love your kids and you do it whether you get anything back or not because you love them. And I want more of God. So without striving, I gotta, you know, I gotta think about what can I do? Where can I grow? God gave me a word the other day, and he gave me the word about bat it, bat it away. Think of it like a fly swat. I've got this new fly swat, it's an electric one with a battery in it. Because my sister-in-law's got this really cool one. But anyway, I haven't caught any flies yet because as soon as I get near the flipping thing, so I might go back to my $1.99 one where you slap them on the counter and you leave the body bits everywhere because that's also quite fun. Anyway, <laughs> bat it away. God keeps saying to me, get, just drop to well, You know, one of the things I love about, you know, living life with God is he speaks to you in your own language, in your own style. And he gave me the word bat it away. And, and the content, I'm... Very happy to share it. The context with this was things that enter my thought life. I gave you the tongue-in-cheek about the guy cutting me off, taking my car park. In fact, once when I was in Wellington running very late, driving round and round, you know, the Featherston Street, Lambton Quay block, running late for this appointment, I'm like, oh, God, I really need a car park. And God said to me, you should have left earlier. <laughs> That's how God speaks to me. We, God speaks to us all in our own ways. And he gave me the word bat it away. So whenever this thought comes into my head, and you can fill in your own sentence, because it must be just me that gets thoughts in my head, right? He's just like, bat it away. Don't go there. Don't participate. Bat it away. God is good. So the psalmist said, we should pray as the psalmist did. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your commands. We can look to God as the perfect role model to teach us about goodness and how to do good things. You know, it assures us that God's purposes for us is good. As parents want for their children, God actually wants for us. What about the last slide there, Dave? Number five. So James wrote, or sorry, in James, I'll change the words there because my Bible scholars here in the room will correct me later. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Isn't that an awesome, it's a little bit of old language, but isn't it an awesome scripture that every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change his character like shifting shadows. You know, folks, we should remember, however, this is a little footnote I popped in here, that 
good things may not always show up as happy experiences. Sometimes good can come disguised as adversity or hardship. You know, I'm, I'm always mindful that God is not a magician. It's not Father Christmas. God can use our difficulties for good. Think back on your own life. Think back on your own journey where you've had a difficulty. And then reflect, perhaps years later, as to how God walked with you through that difficulty and it grew your character. You know, God gave me a picture this morning of a, of a, um, a little, I think it's a Chatham Island something or other, um, type of like a Pahutakawa, and they cling to this rock. There's no moisture, you know, the wind buffets them, the sea spray salts, hits them, and they get their roots down and they eventually turn into a magnificent tree. Hardship, endurance. If it was just a soft little, you know, silver birch, <laughs> it wouldn't survive. But that particular tree has to do it tough to get its roots down tough. What do we have to do tough to get our roots down? What do we have to do to build endurance and stamina? If we don't like it. We'd like perhaps just to have the quick fix, and that's God, God's call on that. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't. I remember years ago, many, many, many years ago, Debbie and I, um, and it's about wonderful mistakes you made, we had a little property that we decided to sell, and... Um, we hadn't learned really about talking to God about stuff like that. I hadn't. Debbie was way ahead of me, way ahead of me. Kind of just had God still on Sundays and he wasn't that interested in what I did during the week, believe it or not. And we had this little property and we decided to sell it and somebody came along and said, I can't remember the numbers, and said, you know, we'll pay you $300,000 for it cash. We looked, I don't think so. Right? Well, that property, we were newly married because... Uh, we're a blended family, three teenage sons, brand new job, great big mortgage, and a property not rented, and no one buying it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit of increases your prayer life, ever so such, when your bank account's empty. And we marketed it, we did it, and went on and on and on for, for three or four months, I think, if my memory's right. We eventually got an offer. Now, this has got... So we eventually got an office. It's been empty four months. Stress me. Debbie's way more. God's got it under control. Hadn't prayed about it. Bank account empty. Three teenagers that raid the fridge every minute of the day. No money. Praying like, man, you see how my prayer life changed. <laughs> to that, and I don't get stressed, but I was rather riled. So somebody made us an offer, and by the time it went through, the real estate agent, the lawyer, everybody's commissions, their fees, it, uh, guess what the net price was? The same as what the cash offer was four months before. <sighs> did we grow through it? Did I grow through that? So think of your own story. Hurts. Boy, does it hurt. Now I've learned to involve God in virtually everything I can think of, and uh, he's good. God is good. So we can depend on the unchanging goodness of God. Hear that word? The unchanging. He's not up and down like me coming home on a Friday and um, perhaps needing to choose my words ever so slightly better when I walk in the door. He's unchanging kindness, unchanging goodness of God. 
The goodness of God endureth. I looked that word up, by the way. Endureth, another old one. Endureth is expresses deep gratitude to a God who never fails to fulfill his promise. So God will always be good. Always. His character does not change. He will continue to be the creator of all things good. And we, you, each and every one of us can be confident that he will provide good things for us according to his perfect plan. His goodness draws us, draws us to him. The purpose of God's goodness is to draw us to him. And this was manifested in the highest degree when God sacrificed his son, Jesus, for our salvation. Because of God's goodness, we've been given opportunities to hear his word and to claim eternal life by accepting Jesus Christ as our saviour. So the goodness of God is the core of our Christian faith. It's because of his desire for our good that he provided salvation through his son. Everything God, God does is for our good. We can see the proof of his goodness through life, crops, supplies that give us food, the air we breathe. We can have goodness in us and even desire to do good, but true goodness comes from the one who is perfectly good and wants good things for each and every one of us. Perhaps our goal should be to show the goodness of God to others every day. Through a few footnotes at the end here, I said, it's hard to stay encouraged when it feels like nothing in your life is going right. Maybe you've been praying about certain things and you don't feel you have the answer. Perhaps you've been doing the right thing and it feels like nobody's even noticing. It's hard in the tough situations to not get discouraged. Perhaps one of the best ways to stay encouraged is to remind yourself of God's goodness. I write down, you might go and listen to a favourite song that reminds you of God's goodness. You might spend a few minutes praying going into your quiet place, remembering the goodness of God. Jump on a bike, go for a walk, watch a sunset, make or bake something, whatever works for you. And remember that God will never, ever, ever let you down. So even when things get really tough and you want to give up, you need to know that you can make it. You're not alone. And God will be there to strengthen and help you. So when you don't know what to do, cry out to God. Have an expectation, a word in your spirit. Expect, expect that God will speak to you in a way that you're wired that a scripture will come to mind, that a friend will call. Have an expectation. Be expectant like a mother that's planning to have a family. Be expectant. 
You know, in today's world, there's a lot of voices to listen to. You might have friends pulling you in one direction, parents pulling you in another. If you're at school or uni, teachers pulling you in another. With all these different pulls going on for us, we've got two elderly mothers five minutes away from our house, reminding me again that one of her light bulbs is blown, but she rang me about that the day before. <laughs> Things are pulling us in all directions. It can be hard to know what direction is right, and that's where God's word comes in. God's word will be a filter for your life to show you the truth. Regardless of what you hear or see going around you, God's word shows you the truth. And I bought this morning with me, I did get it out of the top of the wardrobe, my Bible, which I haven't put out of the wardrobe in a thousand years because I'm old. But it's full of notes. Yes, we have iPhones and Androids and apps and texts that come daily and give you a scripture and we have all this bombardment, amazing stuff. But I found my Bible. I found a few words underlined. I also, this is such saying, also found some money. <laughs> God is good. I have a suspicion it's a Yemen 100 that it might be worth about two cents, but I know who gave it to me. The written word whether it's your phone, an email, is full of God's word. The written word, however you get it, just encourage you to make it part of your journey. You know, I, I, this is slightly left field here, but being a Pentecostal church, we can, you know, we, we're very on, on naturally the moving of the Holy Spirit. God said, I'll leave, Jesus said, I will leave with you the comforter greater than I. But I think we also need to interact with the word as well. It's there, handed to us on a plate. We just need to dive in. Reading God's word brings hope to your life. Reading God's words helps you when you want to get on top of those things that are coming down on you. When it all seems hard, open up God's word and read what God said about you. Read what God said about you, and you, and you guys at the back. Read what God said about you. It is the greatest pick-me-up you could have, I tell you. His love for me, the hope he gives me, the courage to go on, to look forward to a new day, to have an expectation of what God is going to do next. God's word brings hope to my situation. God's word will do the same in your life. Thanks, David. Let's pop the last one up. So don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you with my victorious right hand. No one can outgive God. This is what I say to myself most days. God is good all the time. He has to be. It's his character. I say out loud, no one can outgive God. Just in case every now and then I get a little bit full of myself, I kind of pull myself back and under. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Greater is he that 
whom lives in me than in the world. God is our comforter, our refuge, and our strength, even through trials. And I found this, stumbled across this in John. Did you know that God will take care of his people and provide even in times of famine? His people, even in times of famine. We have free will, which also means naturally that I'll suffer the consequences as I'm responsible for the choices I make. I wrote, ouch. I don't know about you, but I've made a couple of mistakes through the last few decades, and God lets me learn from them. And whatever I sow, I will reap. Goodness, kindness, and I wrote, or being simply mean or a thoughtless, ungraceful person has consequences. Goodness and kindness has consequences. Being mean-spirited and fill in your own sentence also has consequences. So to finish off, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your written word. We thank you, Father, for your character. We thank you, Lord, for the plan that you have for each and every one of us, not only in this room, but throughout the whole world. Father God, through this week, help us reflect on your goodness, upon your character. Father God, help us, Lord, bring to you anything that uh, we're journeying with, invite you into each and every situation. Lord, help us to be a blessing to our neighbour. Help us, Lord, in whatever way we can, demonstrate the goodness of all you are to mankind. It's in you we trust, we thank, and we love. In Jesus' name, amen.